This week on the Jason Isbell season of the Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet podcast, we're talking Southeastern Part 2. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, except this this season it's Jason Isbell, and he's singing in chronological order. Correct. I'm I'm J.B. Clark. I'm joined, as always, by the incomparable co-host, Rob Carmack. I don't know about incomparable, but uh, thank you. I mean, depends on, like, who, who would I otherwise be compared to? I had a stress dream the other day where, like, you had to quit this podcast for some reason. <laughs> and, like, there was just, I just, I was like, I can't do this with somebody else. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Like, I, I was, and likewise. Like, there's, <laughs> there, there's no way. Well, I mean, we've had, and I guess that's a good that's a good segue into like, sorry, we've been a little MIA the last couple of weeks. I have started a another like an an additional job in a like on top of the ones I already had, and so it's taken in me a, a couple of weeks state. to in a different. Yeah, I'm commuting now, which I wasn't before, um, just for a couple of days a week, and it's uh you know it, it's it's creating a lot of. Um, change and so it's it's made it very difficult for me to carve out time and quite frankly energy to to be able to record but we needed to get another episode out because it's been it's been a couple of weeks but we've been in the sky so long jb and it feels like a long way home right yeah it feels like we've definitely been flying over the ocean for quite some time yeah so uh flying over no new episodes makes me cry so we're gonna (laughs) uh so let's let's find the liquor cart and see what we can do sounds good um, anyway, so yeah, sorry about the sorry sorry about the holdup. It's probably going to be every other week for a little while until and I mean and that's on me until I get my bearings. But I I, I appreciate everybody being patient. JB, I appreciate your uh, patience and uh, very chilled nature about um, all, all the the transitions I've been in the midst of. Just trying to be zen these days, baby. Hey, I appreciate it. I I, I, yeah. Yeah, I could always use a little bit of zen. Mm. Right. Yes, for sure. So. I mean, uh, anything else we need to update anybody on, or, or you, you want to just like get into this this week? Man, let's just get it. I mean, why why waste time while the sun is shining? So let's, uh, or I to mean, quote, to quote the good and great Pete Holmes, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we we started off the, in our last episode. We talked about the first four songs on the album Southeastern, which we've dubbed Jason Nisbell's masterpiece. Now we're getting into track five. Now track five is the song "Flying Over Water." From the sky we look so organized and brave Walls that make up barricades and graves Daddy's little empire built by hands and built by slaves From the sky we look so organized and brave In the heat I saw you JB, I'm just going to come right out of the gate and say this. This might be my favorite Jason Isbell song. I really love this song. That's a completely valid... Uh, I like that take. It's like, this is not a Born to Run as your favorite Bruce Springsteen song. This is like a knowledgeable, big fan favorite take. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's Yeah, this is yeah not quite Born to Run, but not, not, not fully off-brand. This isn't me coming in here with like the blue or something like that. Like this is still, you know, it's still from Southeastern. It's still a great song, you know, right. but... This but is yeah. like, you know, how you love, you know, does this bus stop 
and other songs of that sort of nature. Exactly. You yes. Know. Incident on 50. This is my incident on 57th Street. This is definitely your incident on 57th Street. Yeah. So the, for for the Bruce Springsteen fans who also listen to us talk about Jason Isbell, that's that the, these are references that they should be getting without effort. So, uh, yeah. And, and the thing about this song, I don't 100 percent know what it's about, but I know that I love it. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's like when Bruce is asked about like, the meaning of 10th Avenue freeze out and he, and his answer is, I don't know what it's about, but I know it's important. Like, that's how I right. feel about this song. Yeah. I've got some ideas. This feels like maybe he just a collection of things that were happening while he was going through this. Yeah. Well, then I mean, I, I guess, should we, okay. First talk, talk to me about the music. What, what do you hear? What, what is this? It, it, it kind of swells. It's big. I like that about this song. It's catchy. It stays in my head for hours after I hear it. What, what as a musician, JB? What do you hear when you hear this song? It, in your mind, I feel like it's it, you remember it as like a softer song. Yeah, but like the first lick, it, it's very Brendan O'Brien. Like that first lick, like and then the full band on the uh, like and before the one comes in with a wall of sound. Yeah, it's got know? a big guitar wall of sound for sure. Yeah, it's like there's a ripple in the water, and then somebody throws a stone in. You know, like. <laughs> Yes, like a big cornerstone in the. It's huge. It's a, and uh, and it it kind of comes in and out. And Jimbo drives a lot of that on his bass. Uh, Jimbo is not playing on this song. Oh yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. This is Jim, Jimbo Hart is not. Hart we talked. We talked. Record. We talked about this last week. Yeah, or last episode. Yeah, we talked about how it's it's a it's a bitter disappointment that Jimbo Hart is not on this album. Well, the the bass drives a lot of the um, in and out, a lot of the swell. Yeah, which is a you know that's a Muscle Shoals, Southern Soul, you know, trope. So cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I really like it. It's I do too. Good guitar, which Jason is known for. Yeah, and it's got like a, it's got like a um, Rage Against the Machine guitar solo, <laughs> in like a really open you know Southern rock song. So yeah, that's it really does. Cool. Yeah. I would not have made and that comparison on my own, but you're absolutely right. Well, and it starts off really easy, uh, just like the melody on a really fuzzy guitar over the, like kind of in the wall of sound. And then it like, it just, re he just over fuzzes it and it just like feels like a lot of like whammy bar. I don't know what's going on. It's great. Yeah, it is. I really like it. So it feels like one of those solos where the guitar player is like leaning over his pedal board while he's playing and like turning some weird knobs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can totally hear that. And it's, yeah, um, I like that comparison. I like, I like the image of maybe like a Tom Morello, like sit, sitting in just for this session. Right, right. Doing his yeah, uh, Ghost ends. of Tom Joad. And I think it's a pretty normal solo, but it really ends like a Tom Morello, like, you know, just like it really just degrades back into the wall, which is cool. Yeah. 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 So what, should, we, should we get into the lyrics? I'd love to know what you make of this, like, lyrically. Yeah, one other note is like the bell of the ride symbol does a lot of work in this song. Mm. <laughs> you know, like That's a funny. lot of under, it's like the yeoman. It does a lot of like important understated work. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he's not necessarily riding on it, but it reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke. Like, I wish I had a, a pipe because a pipe is a great punchline indicator. It's, <laughs> the bell of the ride is like a really good, just sort of like, it kind of tells, it's like signals if the bass is the train driving this. The bell and the ride symbol is the the switch that tells the train where to go. So wow, what a great yeah. image, dude! I'm like really uh, loving these these metaphors I'm riding right now. So this is this yeah. is unplanned. <laughs> yeah, the metaphor is like the train, and you're like the guy in the switching yard. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh man, the solo just came on while, I was, while we were talking, and it it's way more Tom Morello than I was giving it credit for a while ago. <laughs> it's so good. It's so Jason. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like, hey man, uh, this is good, like Southern rock, but also like a little bit psychedelic, you know, and a little bit punk rock. Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, this is definitely a man who spent his childhood listening to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, do you want to you want to get into the lyrics? Uh, oh, and Pearl Jam. We should know. There's there's some Pearl Jam to this song. Little well. little Mike McCready going on, and and, <laughs> yeah. and and we know that Jason does love uh, Mike McCready's guitar work. He does. He does. I was listening to a record from this like uh, power pop Seattle band mm-hmm. that you would never associate with Pearl Jam with a buddy of mine, and we were t- just going through it because it was produced by Chris Walla, who we really like from Death Cab, and we were talking about it. And I said, "All right, which part of this song did they get from <laughs> Pearl Jam?" <laughs> Oh yeah! And he just like he just started singing the guitar part, you know. It's so it's just like it's just you know like thirty second notes on a ascending scale. <laughs> yeah, and like super fuzzed out, and that's what this makes me think of big time. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, now yeah, let's get into the lyrics. Sorry, I won't. I won't stop. Oh no, it. you're good. You're good, man. That's what that's what people that's that's what people are paying the big bucks for. <laughs> uh, do you want to do them or you want me to? Uh, I, I'll I'll jump. In. I'll, I'll start. Feel free to jump in and take take my hand when we're over land. Oh, yeah, 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 I will. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, it starts off, um, from the sky we look so organized and brave, walls that make make up barricades and graves. Daddy's the little empire built by hands and built by slaves. From the sky we look so organized and brave. What What's going on here? All right, so I have heard that um, the, and I haven't found this reference, but I've just heard it referenced on the internet and seen it a bunch. Somewhere Amanda Shires or Jason talked about how she doesn't like flying over the ocean. Okay. It makes her really uncomfortable. I had a feeling there was probably some kind of nugget of truth in in that part of it. That seems like a very specific detail. Yeah, I could be totally wrong, but I found enough different people in different places referencing this thing I couldn't find um, that I felt good about at least mentioning it. It's at least a part of the mythology at this point. So I think that's sort of the hook that he hangs this song on. Okay. But um, I love the... So to me, that first line is, think about when you look down from an airplane and like farms look, you know, designed, you know? Yeah, they do. And, and, and uh, cities look so, you know what I mean? Like so organized and brave. Daddy's little empire built by hands and built by slaves. So he's in Um, the South. He's flying over the South. He's flying over America. He's flying over the world. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. (laughs) This world was built by slaves. It was built on the back of unpaid labor. Um, but yeah, America specifically, <laughs> but also England specifically. Uh, this is the first hint of Jason's like white man's world sensibility, I think. Oh, so. and we're, yeah, we're going to get more of it in this section Yeah, of in part two, but, um, yeah, so that's where we're at. Anyway, you want to keep going? You yeah. Want to take over? Sure. Pop go on? ahead. Uh, in the heat, I saw you rising from the dirt, drunk in tears and tugging at your skirt. If only you could tell me then what part of you got hurt? In the heat, I saw you rising from the dirt. You got anything there? I just, I really like the the songwriting construction here. I like that he he begins and ends each stanza with the same line, as if like it's some sort of like religious thing he's reciting. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, that's the best way to write. <laughs> it's so if you can do it well, if you can bring in a, each verse in a circle and then the song in a circle, yeah, you're doing something right. So um, so yeah, the drunken tears and tugging at your skirt. Uh, if only you could tell me then what part of you got hurt. Again, I don't, I don't know exactly what to make of the images. He, I, th- these are very visceral, very imaginable images that he's painting. 
I and, and I have a hard time connecting them all to a central theme like in the song, other other than maybe it's just stream of consciousness. But it, so he's doing like the stream of consciousness thing, which we all do when we fly and we're just staring out the window. You know, we just sort mm-hmm. of like let our let our mind wander. But there's also an organization to it, which is why it's the why each thing is sandwiched between the same line. Yeah. And I think this paints like a this is a very cinematic uh, song, I guess. Yeah. You know, you, I can see in the heat. I saw you rising from the dirt. So that's a very specific like image, drunk in tears and tugging at your skirt. Right. So, that's, yeah. Um. You know, that's like somebody's dealing with something, you know, like they're drunk, but they're also upset. You know, you can be drunk and having fun. You can be drunk and like just like bored. <laughs> you can be drunk and trying not to be drunk. <laughs> yep. But like drunk in tears and tugging at your skirt. I only I, if only you could tell me which part of you got hurt. So that that that's a visceral image of like this person is coping. This person is trying to deal. And I guess he knows a lot about that. <laughs> yep. And this is, I mean, like, again, we cannot reiterate this enough. He is like, on the heels of rehab um, and marriage. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like the turning point of his whole life. Right. And, and so each this, of these songs this, represents that in one way or another. It's like, I don't know what this, this is about, but I can, I can definitely see it in his life as it's been presented. So. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's almost like when you're flying and I, I guess when we get to the course, we can sort of get more into this, but like when you're flying, you, you have no control. You know what I mean? Like there, there is this, um, in, in the chorus, which we're about to get into, he says, take my hand, baby, we're over land. I know flying over water makes you cry, which you said is like a, a true thing about Amanda Shires, his wife. Then he says, where's that liquor cart? At, Maybe. at least, a, at least a legendary thing. Okay. Um, then where's that liquor cart? Maybe we shouldn't start, but I can't for the life of me say why. And it's, it's like the sense that like we, we are on this journey and we have such little control, but we do have each other. Take my hand, baby, we're over land. I know flying over water makes you cry, which is, so he's telling her they're over land so he can comfort her, which is interesting because the opening song of this album is all about how she comforts him. Cover me up. You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. so, and so he's telling Ooh. her, you, you know what I mean? And so he's telling her here. Mr. Gray Matter over here just making connections. I know. <laughs> Firing neurons together. Come on, let's make some paths. Let's do this. Let's make some paths. So, <laughs> but but I, I like that he he is the comforter in this. And he's even the one who says, where's that liquor cart? But maybe we shouldn't start. Like He, he wants the liquor cart because he, he realizes like how out of control you are when you're on a plane. But then there's also the thing of like, no, we've come to like this woman has brought me too far for me to reach for the liquor card just because I feel a little bit out of control at this time. I think this, this song is in one way it's about detachment. It reminds me a little bit of rocket man in that way, the Elton John song, um, big time. Um, but also the stratosphere. Yeah. Um, and and so, but, but I think it it also has to do with sort of like the lack of control. Like, and one of one of the parts of recovery is the acknowledgement that we would like the surrendering of control and like, what is, what, what is a feeling? What is less a feeling of having control or what is more of a feeling of having no control than being in a plane piloted by somebody else while you're flying over water, you know? Yeah. Like you could use your seat as a life preserver, you know, like, but you probably won't get the opportunity. No. Yeah. And Um, yeah, I love your, your, connection between cover me up and this made me realize I, th- I think what i really took away from that is that you identified that cover me up is about a comforter yeah <laughs> ah that's funny that's good you know <laughs> sorry, this, is, this is how you know jb's been a dad for just just long enough is that now he's just making dad puns enough. let's go uh yeah 
And the, I think the li- where's the liquor cart? Maybe we shouldn't start as a fun line because he's comforting her at this moment in an early part of their relationship, right? And and in AA, you're also not supposed to like make any big decisions within like two year, well, a year or two years of going through the program, yeah. right? And also, you're supposed to make amends not by saying sorry, but by like f- helping someone uh, get get like closure, right? Yeah. So comforting someone who comforted him, uh, like the book that uh, Kurt Cobain's manager wrote, "Serving the Servant," you know, like that's sort of a Seems like a recovery idea. Um, yeah. So, like, the liquor card is, like, maybe we shouldn't start drinking because you're drunk and I'm an addict. But also, like, maybe we shouldn't start this because we're both kind of volatile right now. Yeah, and, yeah. Maybe but it's, I, it's not even all about the liquor card. It's about, like, the entire thing that they're doing. Yeah. But it, it kind of goes back to that, like, just, like, the most tense moment in, like, heartbreak and in sort of romance is what happens on either side of, of that phrase, like, we shouldn't do this or we can't do this. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, let's say screw them, you know, or like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then there's the, but let's do it anyway, or we make the right decision. You, you know, it's just like a, there's, there's so much like heartbreak around either side of that, you know? And I think that's that line. Maybe we shouldn't start is it, it triggers all that feeling for me. And I love that. Well, and it's, it's also an indicator of his growth and his progress, right? Because yeah. it, it, at towards the beginning, like Stockholm, um, and cover me up. It's 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 like he's helpless against his addiction, and and basically Amanda has to be his protector and his, his defender against the the addiction. But here, when some when he says, "Where's that liquor cart?" He's the one who says, "Maybe we shouldn't start." But also, yeah. he can't he can't rationalize his way to that decision. He said, "I can't for the life of me say why." Because when you have a craving and you're an addict, there's no amount of rationalization that can talk you out of that craving. But it's also like uh, e- even if you're an addict and you shouldn't drink, but you know, like someone who's totally generally in control of their drinking is just like really stressed and panicking. Like, you know, to be able to be like, where's that liquor cart <laughs> without it being about you. Yeah. Change like turns addiction on its head, you know, completely because mm. addiction is the idea that like you're driven by sort of one thing. Yes. And so being able to like look at another thing while the liquor carts involved is, is progress too. I don't know. This is like a Pandora's box of interpretations for me. Which is what makes it a great song. Like, you can listen to it a hundred times, and each time, depending on where you are in your own mental state, like, it can mean something different. It, you, if oh, you're this fe- is the magic trick. This song the, is, is very much the magic trick. Very much. Like, if you're driving by yourself late at night, the song is great. If you're, fly- if you're flying over water, the song is great. If you're in a crowded room at a coffee shop and you're, you're just trying to get some work done, this song is great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it, it means something different in each context. Yeah. So, so the next verse from the sky, the highway straight as it could be a string pulled tight from home to Tennessee, which like looking at the high, you know, like the highway from the airport to your house, you know, or like your neighbor's pool, like just seeing the perfect geometry of everything yeah. that seems so messy from the sky, a string pulled tight from home to Tennessee. There's a highway South of Jackson that goes to uh, a county that my friend's got a farm in and it's one of the straightest highways like in the country. Oh, wow. It's because the senator who lived there, who was getting the highway built, you know, for commerce purposes, um, insisted it be completely straight because he enjoyed to take a nip on his way to and from the Capitol and his driver (laughs) did as well. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) It is a dude. It is a boring road to drive. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. So then he goes into. and, and still, somehow those ditches took the better part of me from the sky, the highway, as straight as it could be. So that's part of that Tennessee, home in Tennessee. And still, somehow those ditches took the better part of me, which is a great line because, like, digging ditches is hard work. I dug a French train last week. <laughs> it's hard work. 
But also, the ditch is where you go when you succumb to your demons. Well, too. I mean, th- think about what what is the title of Jason's first solo album? Sirens of the Ditch. Of the Ditch. Right. So, like, this is an, it's an interesting callback to like all that stuff, all all those demons I was fighting, all those ditches I was yeah. I was I was driven to early in my work and early in my life and career like that he feels like those things took the better part of him but now now he's not in the ditch anymore he's flying he's over land he's he's with amanda you know yeah and uh so there's that connor herbers lyric from bright eyes for uh i'm wide awake it's morning uh, um about passing out in the gutter because sometimes that's the most comfortable place yeah you know like some it's like yeah maybe I, you know i need help but also maybe i need a little sleep first and then so we're just gonna do whatever we gotta do to make that happen, and then and then we'll get the help tomorrow. Mm. Sometimes the gutter's the most comfortable place. The ditches took a lot out of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so take my hand, baby. Wherever land, I know flying over water makes you cry. Been in the sky so long, seems like the long way home. Which <laughs> is such a good line. It is. It's so good. But I can't for the life of me say why. So that comes back. That's another circling back, like two stanzas. But I can't for the life of me say why. Yeah. Not stanzas to like a verse and a chorus. Because uh, the previous yeah, chorus, like, yeah. It really does seem like it's the long way home, but it is the fastest way home. <laughs> uh, did we leave our love behind? Would we leave our love behind? And mm. then the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a killer song. I love this song. It, it, it's beautiful. It, it, this, song, this, this may be the song that made me fall in love with Jason Isbell's music. Yeah, man, definitely. I would give it like three ditches and two liquor carts. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I, I like it because, again, it, it could be about detachment. It could be about recovery. It could be about um, depression, really. Like yeah. the, the, the the feeling of like you're not really living your life. You're just sort of gliding over everything. Like you're yeah. just um, like all, it's also all about of that, that is in like here. that pale blue dot feeling. Yes. Yeah. Um. Which I get, a lot I get. of people don't like that feeling, but I love it. Like none of this shit matters. <laughs> well, and that's why that's why flying over water makes her cry because like it's this reminder of how small and like powerless we are. Yeah, um, yeah. That's. I mean, I'm I'm assuming I, I I've not interviewed Amanda Shires to know for sure why flying over water makes her cry, but um, I, I I know why it would make me cry, and that's why because yeah. of the, the smallness of it or the the bigness of it, I guess. Yeah. So you want to get into different days now? Yeah, man. So track six is different days. Staring at the pictures of the runways on the wall. Seems like these days you couldn't run away at all. And even if you did, what you got to run away to? Just another drunk daddy with a white man's point of view. I can see you in my mind's eye catching light. I love this guitar part. Yeah, it's good. This is one of those. So I've, I've been playing this one um, because. Uh, all right, well, I'll, I'll say this now, and you can edit it out if we're not there yet. But like, I've been playing this one all day because I'm gonna make. I'm gonna post the cover of this on the patron page. Oh, nice. And, okay. And I, I think it'd be fun uh, after this if like we mentioned tons of songs in every episode, and I love trying to cover songs that I have no business covering. <laughs> so like I, we'll figure this out but and if you're into this let me know patrons or anyone um twitter slack whatever um just like we'll make a poll and any song that was even like loosely mentioned in the previous episode i'll i have like a week to cover 
That could be fun. I don't know. Maybe Are you going to do Rocket Man? This is fun. Well, if that's what they suggest, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's the thing. That's the idea, though. Is like we just barely mentioned Rocket Man or like the Lonely Forests Pearl Jam guitar part. You know, like that's all up for grabs. You know, just whatever. Yeah. So, uh, like, it, all I have to do is say the name of a song, and it's in the running. Yeah, let's not abuse it. You okay, know. no, I, I would never abuse it. I I would never, <laughs> I would never do, I would never do to you what like say Ike Turner did to Tina, like b- right before they did like Rolling on a River, or uh-huh. um, Proud Mary, or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or any any other or you know um, or or right. as, as right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam yeah, Cooke yeah, yeah. did to the, the many women that he was involved with um, when he did you know a, a change is gonna come. You know, like all right. these, all these ideas, you know, like I, I would never, I, I would never compare myself to any of those figures. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would never do to you what Jim Morrison did to, right, right. to his own body before he did break on through to the other side. I'll do a break on through cover. Okay. Or strange days. Well, the, the thing that got me thinking about this was this morning I played, uh, hit me baby one more time on the banjo. Because I was just like, it was Monday morning, and I was like, I got nothing. Yeah. But I got stuff to do, and I'm feeling good, so I want to use this. And so I picked up my banjo, and I was like, what's the most absurd song that I love that I could play? That's a great idea. The only Let's do some Britney. And so uh, then I was like, yeah, this is so much fun. And so I kind of had this idea. So anyway. I mean, the only thing better than that would have been if you'd done Amish Paradise by Weird Al Yankovic. That would have been Yeah, that would have been great. That's a great song. So now we've got some stuff to work with. Yeah, my wife would be mad if I did weird uh, Amish Spirit of. She'd be mad? I look at my wife and realize she is very plain. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, me, Bernie. Oy vey, oy vey. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Nobody minds that. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, so anyway, what different I was saying days. before we got into all this is the different days guitar part is yes. something that I would think... Like playing it over and over when I was trying to get a good little recording of it, I was just like, "This is uh, this can't sound good this many times in a row." You know, it, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds great the whole way through the song. It is so delicate and sweet, and the bass is just floating through it like a spirit. Um, yeah, it's it's very small, especially compared to "Flying Over Water," which came right before it. Yeah. It is. It is. It's very. Th- th- I mean, you've compared this album to Nebraska, and I, like th- this song sort of bears that out. I think. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, the song is also where I first learned the word benzodiazepine. <laughs> <laughs> he, Jason Isbell can put a pharmaceutical in a song. Yes, he can. We're yes, talking generic can. name brand doesn't matter. I mean, have you noticed that um, medicine commercials are like really targeted? To millennials now, <laughs> no, Does but it that's make you funny. You feel super old when you see like some dudes playing ultimate frisbee, and it's like, you know, do you struggle with whatever it is? And then it's like, go ahead and try living it. <laughs> but it's like L I V I N I T, live in it. Uh-huh. It's like, go ahead and try live in it. <laughs> and it's just like early thirty somethings, and I'm just like, oh gosh. I could actually probably use that drug. <laughs> that's funny. No, I've not noticed that, but that's disconcerting. That adult, it's just adult hipster commercials for for pharmaceuticals. People playing ultimate frisbee. That's funny. Yeah, they're real authentic commercials. Um, so what do you make of different days? Like, so I mean, we mentioned the the music and the sort of the guitar part. It, it is a pretty. I really like how he plays this on guitar. Yeah. So I think that this song is very uh, honestly. 
the content of the song could be a much kind of gruffer song. So the fact that it's really sweet kind of implies like he's in a better spot now, but he's still very willing to, you know, go out of his way to help whoever it is, you know, that he's kind of look like it could be a, um, Hey, I see a single mom on the side of the road and I just want to marry you. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's not quite that it's, it's like, man, maybe I would have been like that or maybe I would have been abusive, but those were different days. Yeah, there's looking a lot of looking back, looking back, yeah. back on who he, who he used to be and who he, who he used to, like what kinds of people he used to relate to. Well, and he starts off by like painting a picture of someone that maybe he would have gotten in a lot of trouble with and not helped in the, in the sort of guise of helping. And then, but the next one is about him being, you know, sort of his own brand of asshole, mm. um, which is great. I love, it's just so honest. Um, and we'll get into it in a second, but that, like, if, if she says anything back to me, it'll be, baby, I love you, but get off my goddamn back. <laughs> uh, which is like, you know, everybody's had a fight where they said something that, that just doesn't, doesn't sound good. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and these are, these are memories too, right? So he's, he's like remembering the worst parts of himself and the worst parts of the kinds of people he used to kind of run with. Yeah. Um, it, do you want to get into the lyrics? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Staring at the picture of the runaways on the wall, seems like these days you couldn't run away at all. And even if you did, what you got to run away to, just another drunk daddy with a white man's point of view, which is just like, man, that paints a picture, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've played pool against that guy in Florence before. <laughs> I've been that guy in Florence before probably too. <laughs> Uh, so I can see you in my mind's eye catching light. So just, you know, like you, you kind of had an aura about you that kind of went beyond the, your situation. Yeah. Sleep sleep beside the river if we make it out of town tonight, which is such a great, you know, Tom Sawyer, <laughs> Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Dennis the Menace. That's funny. I mean, that's what they did. Him and the homo. Sleep beside the river. Yeah. Um, you've, been, you've been stripping in Portland since the day you turned 16. You've got one thing to sell, benzodiazepine. I mean, that chef's kiss on, on that, that rhyme right there. Yeah. Uh, ten years ago, I might have seen you dance in a different light and offered up my help in a different way, but those were different days. And when he, when he, sell, when he says offered up my help in a different way, I, I feel like what he means is like I would have gotten in the ditch with you. You know what I mean? And not, not, not because I'm a helpful, nice guy, but because I could, I could find a way to use you. And yeah, I see that or, and I do see that, or there's the, um, I, I would have thought if I'd have seen you back then dancing, I'd have thought, man, like what's she doing in here? I, you know, and like tried to say like, you're, you're not, t you know, valuing your own body when like, maybe, maybe she's owning her own body. You know what I mean? Like he just is putting himself and assuming on the situation. Right? Yeah. Well, and there's there's two characters here, right? Cause like the first stanza, it's about the drunk daddy with a white man's point of view, which I think is himself. And um, and then oh, I think that's another guy in town, and he's saying let's go, and then he's saying, but also like, I'm probably not much better. I'm oh, either I, trying to save you. Oh wow. Okay. Or I, I'm trying to abuse you. I I've been I've been reading that as as self talk. Like he's he's the drunk daddy with a white man's point of view because he's talked you know like obviously th this is about this album is about his own recovery yeah and we we also know that he has a lot of like 
white liberal guilt um, yeah. that that he's begun wrestling with since the, the creation of this album. So I I, yeah. I took that as being about him. But it, I mean, it very well could be like he's he's talking to somebody else, and there's like a there's a little bit of um, projection going on there. It's a great thing about this record. It works. It works a couple different ways. It does. It, it, it on different days. Uh, <laughs> different ways, different days. Yes. Uh, ten years ago, I might. Oh wait, never mind. Sorry. I, um, had a girl back home. And we shared a, sing, uh, a single bed. When I whispered in her ear, she believed every word I said. And I love this. He tells you a lie. When I whispered in her ear, she believed every word I said. And if she didn't believe, she didn't dare give me slack. Or it was, baby, I love you, but get off my goddamn back. Yeah. So basically, like she, she could, she could smell what I was trying to, trying to serve her, and it, you know, she wouldn't, she wasn't about to take crap off me. Right. Um, time went by. Well. Yes, also, but also the way I heard it is, it's like if she does give me slack, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn on her. I'm gonna, oh yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, become yeah. like a rageful piece of shit. Yeah, e- either she didn't give me slack, or I would like punish her for giving me or for not giving me slack. Yeah, yeah. Um, time went by, and I left and left again. Jesus loves a sinner, but the highway loves a sin. Best line on the record. Great no, line. Great There's line. Of great lines. It's such a good line. It's yeah. better than any line I've ever written, and it's probably like the fifteenth best line on the record. That's a super country line too. Jesus loves mm-hmm. the sinner, but the highway loves the sin. That's a that that is a that is a Hall of Fame country and western line right there. Yeah. Uh, my dad told me, and I believe he told me true, that the right thing, always the right thing is always the hardest thing to do. Mm. Ten years ago, I might have stuck around for another night and used her in a thousand different ways, but those were different days. Those were different days. Yeah. So we're going back to like and using her, like see, seeing another person not as a human being, but as as a commodity. Yeah. In in his past life, in yeah. in in the person he was prior to um, his his re- redemption, I guess, in the hero's and, journey. Yeah, man. If I and if I was recording this record, this next chorus, I would have it just loud and out the building, you know. But like the fact that he keeps it so quiet, I think makes the song better than what I would have done, right? <laughs> uh, and, and the story's only mine to live and die with. And the answer's only mine to come across. But the ghosts that I got scared and I got high with look a little lost. Mm. And I don't even know what that means, but it's great. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, it is great. And just the, I, like, yeah, that's what you're doing when you're self-medicating sometimes. Or even when you're, like, coping or when you're, like, healthily recovering, depending on your relationship, whatever with whatever it is you're getting high with. But like, that's what you do sometimes. Like is you're not out there like having a fun night with friends at the bar. You may be with them, but like sometimes you're getting drunk with a ghost. Well, and it's, he he's, it's almost like he's realizing how lonely that, that path was for him. You know, like the idea that, uh, um, the story's only mine to live and die with. Like the idea that like, yeah, other people were there for the whole thing, but like the, the actual story is mine. You know. Yeah. Uh, so ten years ago, I might have thought I didn't have the right to say the things an outlaw wouldn't say, but those were different days. That last part I really can't make heads or tails of. Um, I think it could have ended on the ghosts. Basically, like he, I, I think he's saying, like I used to see myself. I used to pride myself in being, you know, like the like like an outlaw type of person. Like, um, yeah. And then now in recovery, he's like, not not only do I not want to see myself that way, I w- I want to be caught saying things that an outlaw would never say. You know, like, 
Um, I, that, that's, that's what I'm reading. So but the whole song is about internal change. It's about, it's, it's a redemption song. Absolutely. Which is what we talk about here. We talk right. about redemption songs. That's right. Well, and I mean, that's, that, that is what this, this, this entire album is made up of redemption songs. Yeah. Um, and then we roll into track seven, which is live Oak. There's a man who walks beside me is who I used to be. And I wonder if she sees him and confuses him with me. And I wonder who she's pining for all nights I'm not around. Could it be the man who did the things I'm living now? I was rougher than the timber shipping. Yeah, Live Oak is a song that I wish was like recorded by somebody else on a different record because like it's a really great song that I don't think about that much. Yeah, um, it's it, I mean th- this is the place on the record where he he's repeating himself a little bit, and again I realize like it's almost a concept record with how like consistent the messaging is, but this is a, another song about personal change and I like his relationship to his former self. And so, mm. so it's almost like he's doing the same thing twice in a row with track six and seven. Like different days in Live Oak are basically doing the same thing, right? Like, yeah, it opens with "There's a man who walks beside me, and it's who I used to be." And I wonder if she sees him and confuses him with me. So again, it's he he sees himself, and he when he looks in the mirror, he sees the person he used to be, but he's also trying to reckon with the person he's trying to become. Which again, in different days, it's a very similar sort of thing. In different days, in my opinion, is a better song. And so it, it is difficult to Live Oak. Fo- and like, don't get me wrong. Live Oak to me is a four star song. I like the song. Oh, for sure. And I think that like Dave Cobb it, is the master of this on this song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just the way stuff floats in and out. Uh, it's so sparse. There's barely anything there. But like stuff keeps floating in and out of sort of like your uh, audio audible field of vision, whatever that's called. <laughs> yeah. Your peripheral sound barrier. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. It just feels like. Yeah, the guitar is just panning and, but not like phasing. You know, it's not like it just at moments when it needs to be heard, it'll be like it'll slowly move to the left ear and then come up to the top of the mix. You know, and you're just like, wow. Yeah, and there's some uh, fiddle here, and it, yeah, it's it, the it's fiddle's a, so good. It is good, and the melody's incredible. This is an incredible song that's just like unfortunately placed in the wrong spot. Um, you know, in, yeah, in like an incredible. It's not the wrong spot on the record. The record's better for it. It's just, you know, this song would would be ranked higher uh, if it was somewhere else, probably. Yeah, and and I imagine there was probably. I and I, I I'm not a psychic. I don't know. I don't know what Jay. I, I would love if we ever get a chance to interview him. I'd love to hear his thought process on this. But um, j- the idea that this and different days are next door neighbors on the record, and that they're both essentially making the same like proposed, like making the same thesis. It, yeah. I, I do wonder if ever there was a, a discussion about like, do we, do we include both songs or is it, is it too repetitive to include both songs or are they sonically different enough to where they can both exist in the same place and it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause they're both good and, songs. And like the low guitar work at the end, like the really fuzzy uh, tremolo guitar work uh, that just really puts it in the wild west. Uh, I was was listening to that William Tyler record, Modern Country, that I always talk about on this podcast uh, with my son in the car. And he goes, Daddy, is this the Wild West song? And I said, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. And he was like, the Wild West song is my favorite song. (laughs) And I got really excited because the song changed, but it's on a record where it kind of, it's an instrumental record, everything's in the same key. 
But on the second track, he goes, can we listen to the other Wild West song? I liked that one better. <laughs> and I was like, wow, my three-year-old can tell the difference between two songs that are played back-to-back in the same key that are basically, you know, like movements. And that's so big. I got really pumped. Yeah. But that's what this reminds me of a lot. I think that he probably likes this song better than Different Days. But that Different Days is like just kind of the one that works. And, yeah, and and maybe and and I'd I'd love to hear our listeners' thoughts on this because like I, th- this song has a very specific sort of feel to it, and so I do wonder if this song has a constituency that would say like absolutely not, like Live Oak has to be like given the choice between the two, it has to be Live Oak. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I would pick Live Oak between the two of them, even though I think that Different Days is probably a better choice. If that makes sense. Different days is, is more folky. It's it's more it's more traditional like folk mm-hmm. song, and this this is more. I mean, it's almost a tone poem. But also like uh, I wonder who she's pining for, shipping out to Fond du Lac. Like this is a good southern song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, well, let, let's read it, man. Let, let's let's do let's do the lyrics because it, it's it's a compelling right. story. Sounds good. All right. So there's a man who walks beside me. It is who I used to be, which like pff, we're in Bruce Springsteen territory. Absolutely, right we are. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, if like the Tunnel of Love was um, the Western Stars. So, <laughs> All right, and I wonder if she sees him and confuses him with me, and I wonder who she's pining for on nights I'm not around. Could it be the man who did the things I'm living down? So. You know, this is this is almost like a um, oh my gosh, I just forgot the name of the song. Tunnel of um, Cautious Man. Is it me? Oh, Brilliant Disguise. Brilliant Disguise. There's my Brilliant Disguise. Yeah, Brilliant Disguise. Yeah. Um, I was like, mask I'm wearing. Mask I'm wearing. Right. <laughs> is uh, it you, baby? <laughs> yeah, that one. So this yeah. is very kind of in that, you know. So. But also, he's not saying, like, is it you or is it me gaslighting you? He's saying, um, is, she, is she, when I'm not here, does she miss, like, the new me, the hinged me? Yeah. Or does she miss the unhinged me? And does she, does, can she tell the difference? Yeah. Am I the same person or am I two different people in her mind? Yeah. Because I'm two different people. Hmm. Could it be the man who did the things I'm living down? That's a great line. Yeah. I was rougher than a timber, shipping out of Fond du Lac. When I headed south at 17, old sheriff on my back. I never had a lover in my arms or in my gaze, so I found another victim every couple days. But the night I fell in love with her, I made my weakness known. Through the fires and the farmers digging dusty fields alone, the jealous innuendos of the lonely-hearted men let me know what kind of country I was sleeping in. Well, you couldn't stay a loner on the plains before the war. My neighbors had been slighting me. I had to ask what for. Rumors of my wickedness had reached our little town. Soon she'd heard about the boys I'd used to hang around. We had robbed a Great Lakes freighter, killed a couple men or more. This is I very told- Bruce right here. Yeah, well, and like that it goes from a story that's like very much obviously about him into a story that's very much about like <laughs> Jesse James. <laughs> yeah, it it reminds me of like some of the songs on like uh, Ghost of Tom Joad a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and I and I told her her eyes flickered like the sharp of a of steel sharp steel of a sword. All the things that she'd suspected, I'd expected her to fear was the truth that drew her to me when I landed here. There's a man who walks beside me. He's who I used to be, which like 
the melody there. He's who I used to be. And yeah, I wonder good. if she sees him and confuses him with me. And I wonder who she's pining for on nights when I'm not around. Could it be the man who did the things I'm living down? Uh, well, I carved a cross from live oak and a box from short leaf pine. Buried her so deep, she touched the water table line. I picked up what I needed and headed south again. To myself, I wondered, would I find another friend? There's a man who walks beside her. It is who I used to be, and I wonder if she sees him and confuses him with me. So he's saying that like that man that he used to be is dead now. And yeah, she's dead. Is she walking with him, or is she still able to see him walking in the light? And I mean, that's that's got to be that. I think that reflects a real question. And I mean, he gets into all this like bigger mythological, like like he like robbing a Great Lakes freighter and like u- using the narrative of the outlaw to sort of make it make a metaphor of this whole thing. But like yeah. the, the truth, the truth in the song is in that question, right? Is is in like this this person I'm with, who I love, has seen the very worst of me, and my fear is that when she looks at me, she still sees the very worst in me. Yeah. And uh, he does in this what he does in Elephant and what he's going to begin doing so greatly. Well, sorry, well. Yeah. (laughs) Bigly. (laughs) No! (laughs) Um, Is, um, what? Come on, man. I haven't thought about that guy in like days. Uh, Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Is he says, well, I carved a cross from Live Oak, which is like a redemption, hope, Live Oak, a cross. It's like a beautiful southern image mm. um, and a box from Shortleaf Pond. And that's like the moment you see that she's dead. And he still hadn't figured it out. She died before he could figure it out enough to just be with her. You know? Yeah, yeah. Buried her so deep she touched the water table line is... That's mm. visceral. That's a, that's that's kiss, a strong man. image. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 why like I can't quite say that different days of the song deserves to be here, you know. Yeah, and there's it's not that neither of them deserve deserve to be you know be here. That they both should be here, I guess. Yeah, I I think they're they're both both here. Yeah, I I don't think the album is worse for having both songs on it. Right, but like one could have been put somewhere else and would have if one of these was somewhere else, you know, in a place that it fit somewhere else, they would both be considered like equally. Huge, great song. You could have put Live Oak later. Yeah, you could have put it after songs that she sang in the shower or or a little later in the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or even maybe on a different record. Yeah, held it back and maybe put it on something more than free. Yeah, think about this like full band with Sadler doing that guitar work. Ooh, yes. And Jimbo walking that bass in and out of this bad boy. Yeah. And Derry just like... You know, on the, like that organ, just <laughs> you can just hear the half steps like on the whole, on the uh, the air coming out. You know, I bet this is a great song for them to play live. I, I've never uh, heard them do it live. I would love to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. It's 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 a strong song. It's it's really good. It, like I, I I do like the mythological outlaw like narrative that he kind of puts together here. Sometimes I'm a little mad because it feels like anachronistic to my head. Because at first I just picture like a hymn. In in Sheffield, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then the next verse, I'm like, oh wait, this is about Jesse James. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, then we've got one more song on the list for tonight, which is track eight, which is songs that she sang in the shower. On a large 
Yeah, this is a beautiful song. Yeah, I like this. And um, it's constructed differently than the other songs that we've seen tonight. You know, I mean, it's it's another waltz-style song. But, like, lyrically, it's got the, these little, like, breaths almost. And, and, you know, like, on a lark, on a whim. You know, like, it, it has, like, these very short spurts versus, like, these very long... In comparison to Live Oak, which is a poem, basically, you know? Yeah, it's great to see. I love to see what people who are like Southern who go off and play punk and metal and stuff bring back when they inevitably like come back. Yeah. To to um, folk music. And and that's like his ability to fit syllables into a stanza is like black flaggian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And uh, and then just so that he can juxtapose, because he learns to give it space. A lot of people who can do that will just pack a song so tight. And he's like, on a lark, on a whim, give it space, let it breathe, and then you know, slam a stanza in there. Yeah, and make the melody really interesting. You know, he does some like skips, some scale skips that are, you know, people just don't do that. So, and then uh, you know, the chorus comes in. He got this great. Just driven guitar, wide open, mm. kind of a wall of sound, but like pulled down in the mix a little bit, so it's not the whole thing's a wall, but there's like a, you know, sort of a wall behind what's going on. Yeah, and this it's just the snare and the acoustic guitar kind of just keep doing their thing together the whole time. Yeah, it's just like a good southern rock song. It really is. Yeah. Well, let's. You want to talk about the lyrics? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, so it starts out on a lark, on a whim. I said there's two kinds of men in this world, and you're neither of them. And and this is obviously like he's starting a fight in a bar. So it says, and his fist cut the smoke. I had an eighth of a second to wonder if he got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and then it says, and in the car headed home, she asked if I had considered the prospect of living alone. In other words, like she is, she is not amused by She's him starting a fight this. with this guy. Yeah. Uh, and then with a stake held to my eye, I had to summon the confidence needed to hear her goodbye. And another brief chapter without any answer blew by. Um, so yeah, th- and this this feels like it could go earlier in the album. Like if you were going to shuffle the order a little bit, you know what I mean? Because like yeah. th- this is this is back when he's like in his bar fighting era. Like, um, like the I've, song's gonna the record's gonna come full circle, like we talked about. So yeah. It it this is setting us up for what we're going to talk about on the next, you know, like I guess that's gonna, right. Yes. Cause we're going to get the super eight pretty soon. That's right. So yeah, like there's a relapse portion of the album, which is, which is fascinating. Um, so yeah, so he's, he, and he relapse is recovery. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, and so, and so yeah, he's, he's describing like he, he started this fight by being a smart ass to a guy in a bar. I, the, the best line, I had an eighth of a second to wonder if he got the joke. <laughs> this song hits real close to home. 
Oh, does it? <laughs> I've been punched in the face in the, that bar, probably. You know, like yeah. I spent a lot, lot of time getting my ass kicked in the parts of town where he's from, <laughs> in the parts of Alabama where he's from. That's funny, man. My my sense of humor doesn't play well in the shoals. <laughs> well, apparently neither does Jason's. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, what so, did he say uh, so long ago on on John Oliver or no on on the Daily Show? Uh, when he was interviewed, they said he said I need some help with Alabama. They don't really like me that much. He goes, Yeah, they don't really like me that much either. But I think about Alabama as more like the streams and the trees. They like me. <laughs> <laughs> they like me. And that's what I think about when I'm in Alabama. I'm like, Well, at least I've got the water. So, so in the song, apparently, like she's had enough, and it says, um, "I had to summon the confidence needed to hear her goodbye." Um, so, in, in the song, she leaves. Which is mm-hmm. interesting because the rest, like, like it, it's almost like the, the, there's this nameless woman who we know as Amanda, it is is like his his traveling companion through this, and then the minute there's a relapse, he he realizes like he, when he when he tells a story about a, a hypothetical relapse where he start he gets drunk and starts to fight in a bar, she's gone. He realizes like she, like she's not going to stick around for a lot of shenanigans. She didn't want to do that again. Yeah, and then um and then he well he, famous, I, there's a famously on the last record. They, he got a little precious, and she lived in a hotel for a little bit while he finished things up. That's right. Yeah, and just realizing, like, yeah, that the, they, uh, like, very openly describe, like, oh yeah, like he he kind of went down a dark hole while he was finishing this record, and Amanda was not like gonna just stand for it, you know. So, um, and then we get to the chorus, which says. And the songs that she sang in the shower are stuck in my head, like Bring Out Your Dead, Breakfast in Bed, and Experiences Rob Me of Hope, that she'll make it back back home. So I'm stuck on my own, and I'm stuck on my own. So he's he's remembering her finally. And the songs that she sang in the shower, are, it's like those little memories that you don't think about until it's until you don't have them anymore. And I like, one of the things that's fun that he does here is he uses the titles of actual songs to yeah. to describe sort of how he feels about her, you know? Yeah, and they rhyme and they fit the open stanza of the other of like the verse. Yeah, they match that the open stanzas of the verse, and so it's like it's really. It, for a second, you're like, "Are those songs?" And then you're like, "Oh yeah, they are, those are songs." Well, especially, like to me, the one that where I caught that was when he cites "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd. Yeah, um, and then he says, "How I Wish You Were Here." Like that. That to me was like, "Oh, I see what he's doing." Like I get it. it I see, I see what you're doing there. Um, he's, he's right. using, he's, he's using, it's funny. He's, he's writing a song about how songs can make us remember things that can, can like play on our emotions. And also he picked, he somehow picked songs that rhyme and fit this stanza scheme. Yes. And, and also are about, and all, like bring up, uh, either images of, of loss or domesticity. Yes. And so that's. I don't know, man. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I am not capable of that. This is—I mean—I don't have that skill. And I'm yeah. like a—I'm like a reference. I'm like a pop culture music and sadness reference guy. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you are too. Yes, <laughs> I am. And it's like I can't comprehend having just sort of be able to recall with that those specific parameters. Yeah. You know. Well, and it's it really is quite impressive what what he's done in in the writing of this song, like you said, for exactly those reasons. So then he yeah. he goes on and he says, "In a room by myself, look looks like I'm here with a guy that I judged worse than anyone else." So he's like <laughs> he's by himself and like he, he realizes like the person he's most he is his own harshest critic. 
Yeah. And so I pace and I pray and I repeat the mantra that, that might keep me clean for the day. And the song she sang in the shower ring in my ear, like wish you were here, how I wish you were here. Um, and experiences rob me of hope that you'll ever return. So I breathe and I burn, I breathe and I burn. Um, man, th- th- it's, I mean, first of all, it's a good relapse song, but it's a good breakup song. Um, yeah. it's, th- he's doing a lot in this song and, and it's all working really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the man, and then he brings it home. Yes. And the church bells are ringing for those who are easy to please. And the frost in the ground probably envies the frost in the trees. Mm. <laughs> That's good. And the songs that she sang the sour stuck in my head, like yesterday's wine, like yes, so like yesterday's wine, the song in parentheses, yes, comma like yesterday's wine. So like he's hearing those sweet memories, like yesterday's wine, like he would experience yesterday's wine, like as a as a sickness in the stomach. Yeah. And experience tells me I'll never hear them again without thinking of them. Man, that's 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 great. This is some of his best lyric writing, and, and on an album <laughs> filled with great lyrics. Like th- this is he's he's really like hitting it out of the park here. And also musically, it's like him and Dave Cobb are like, hey, we're available for movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah. Pacing in the way the music comes in. This is a very. I said another song was cinematic earlier. This isn't cinematic as much as like this is this is a perfect soundtrack song. Yeah, it is. This would be yeah. This is a great song, like over the montage of the guy whose uh, partner has just left. It's a perfect accompaniment, and there's like I don't know. It just feels. It's one of those songs that you have like a lot of. It feels like you have a. I don't even know if they're actually in this, but you know, whenever you feel you hear the pedal on a piano or an organ, uh huh. Not the actual notes, but just the pedal going down. Yeah, it's the whole song kind of feels like that. It's just like a dampener on the snare, right? And there's like maybe some dampened piano chords that you can't hear the attack. There's just like a feeling of sort of pillow music, I guess, underneath everything. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, we've talked about how this album is a masterpiece and the, the, like the four songs that we looked at tonight are, are all they're doing is helping make that case. Dude. And I don't think about the songs that she sang in the shower when I think about this record, you know, like, yeah, well, it's kind of buried. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is all right. So, like, the first four songs of the record are absolute perfection. Yes. And then you go into "Flying Over Water," different days, and "Live Oak," which is a you know a four song song on a five star record, right? Yeah, I think so. And then and then you're gonna have Super Eight in a minute, and we'll talk about some other stuff too. But like, there's <laughs> there's only so much room in your memory for you know like hits. <laughs> it th- this song does sort of almost work like a palate cleanser, like be- between yeah. "Live Oak" and Super Eight. Yeah. Even though, yeah, even though it's, it's very smart and it's very good and like there's there's nothing wrong with the song. It's it's a I, I think it's a great song, but it does sort of float in in ways that like it it doesn't punch as hard as the other songs do, which is funny because it, it contains an actual punch. Yeah, it does. It's very metered. It's it's and it's it the pitter patter, yeah, of the snare drum makes it I don't know just feels small enough to just be like. Tuesday, you know, like there's a different being sad on a Tuesday night is worse than being sad, like on a different night where something's happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like just absolute sort of devastation and sad memories, like at a time, like, and it's insignificant because you're insignificant. And, you know, I don't know. It's so small. Yeah. 
small and and small is like just the tiniest of memories is the thing that just gets you. It just guts you when you think about it. Yeah, it's crazy that we're thinking about like flying over water versus so- live oak and the songs that we sing in the shower, like on the same sort of segment. Yes. And that's what this record does. Is it like really takes you to specific places and then takes you to these giant sort of more relatable places. It, yeah. It's sort of cinematic. And I'm, I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This, this record is perfect. <laughs> Agreed. Fully agree. Yeah. It's, one, it's one of the top 50 best albums ever made, I think. And this is a darkness on the edge of town situation. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I can't get enough of this album. Each of these songs has its own life and it has its own meaning to me. And uh, it, th- this is why we needed to break this album into, th- into three episodes, because we needed to give it time and space to, to be able to talk about each of these songs like this. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, I, I like, I, I think, I think we're kind of coming to the end of our time. We are. So, um, I am not going to have time to do a bonus episode. Okay. No worries. So to our patrons, really sorry. We're, we're going to skip the bonus episode this time. Um, I'm, I'm short on time, but, um, thank, thank you so much for supporting and for being with us as long as you have. And, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll be back hopefully in a couple of weeks to finish out talking about Southeastern. Um, JB, any final thoughts on any of these four songs? Any anything you want to kind of go out on? Do you, do you want to play the song again? <laughs> do I want to play the song again? No. Was it Neil Young? Somebody was it Neil Young? He was on one of the late night shows, and they're like, "What's that song about?" And he goes, "Let me play it again." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, yeah. That was, I just don't know what one. Thing, no, I don't know what to take away from this besides like get in a dark room. Maybe go there in a pretty good place. Get in a good place before you go there. Yeah. Turn the lights off. Put your headphones. Plug your headphones up to like your lo-fi table. Play this record, man. This album makes me want to get on a plane and just like 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 actually listen to this song while flying over water or this whole album. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I I haven't listened to this song, this record on a plane. I don't think. I don't don't think I have either. It reminds me very specifically of like building. I told the story last week, but like building furniture in like a shitty tool shed in the middle of the summer while drinking bourbon meat <laughs> with a friend of mine who had like just gotten dumped. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were just sad and sweaty and crying and holding each other and we had a TV stand out of it at the end. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, man. You know, you got a project. Um, All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you as soon as we possibly can to finish out our discussion of Southeastern. We'll continue talking about the music of Jason Isbell. And then when we're done with that, we'll get back into some Bruce Springsteen because there's a lot of stuff to cover. All right, man. All right. So until then, I'm Rob. That over there is JB. If you want to be a patron, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash Springsteen. And we appreciate everybody's support. And until next time, we'll see you later. Oh, and... Real quick, sorry. Oh, patrons yeah. or people who are thinking about becoming patrons, uh, shoot me a message. Tell me, like, what what do you want? Oh, that's good. I'm just, just thinking about doing whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> literally give people whatever they want. Yeah, I think if, like, four of you told me, I want this. I would, you know, that's all I really need. So I'm yeah. just trying to figure out, you know, what do you want? Well, I mean, this this entire season came out of a lot of encouragement from a lot of, from some of our patrons who were like, yeah, please do a Jason Esbel season. Yeah, I think we mentioned it once. Uh, we had mentioned a ton of other. We mentioned Wilco, which has has its own now, and a bunch of other artists. Yeah, uh, Tom Petty, The National, Brandy Carlisle. Um, 
Willie Nelson. <laughs> yeah, Brandy Carlisle, which I'm very much still on board with. Uh, me and my dad listened to a lot of Brandy Carlisle while smoking cigars this weekend. <laughs> she just put out a book. I'm excited to read it. I'm so pumped. Um, but yeah, so yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So if you're if you're a patron, go ahead and hit us up and let us know like what kind of what kind of things you, I almost said content, what kind of things you're you're interested in, and uh, we'll see if we can accommodate you as best we can. We we certainly want to keep our patrons feeling appreciated because you are. And um, until until next time, I'm Rob. That's JB, and we will see y'all. Again.